Black Friday is here. It's today. It's the day of recording, the day this episode comes out, and Castle Massey wants you to know that they've got you covered. Their dedication to customer service and product quality really knows no bounds, and just to prove it, just for Black Friday, they are offering deals up to 25% off, and as a special, just to the OutlanderCast clan, if you use the coupon code OutlanderCastBF, that's like Black Friday, or as we like to think, best friend. So Outlandercast BF at checkout from CaswellMassey.com. They're going to give you another 20% off on top of the original discounted price. That is potentially 45% of your purchases. Holy smokes, right? Just head to CaswellMassey.com for this amazing deal. Hi, this is Tara Benton from Pueblo, Colorado, and you're listening to Outlandercast with Mary and Blake. All the way from Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to OutlanderCast. It's a podcast dedicated to show Outlander on stars. just pulled a Ross. Seriously, you did. You guys want to know what a Ross is? You want a fun little story? <laughs> I mean, it's a holiday weekend. Do you have a dram in hand? Hey, have some fun with it. Why not? Let's let's do this, guys. So, I'm not going to name names. <clears throat> real names. I'm not going to name real names. Just going to say Ross. Just going to say Ross. So we interviewed somebody from the cast at one point. Not going to say names in real life. <clears throat> and this person... Was eating occasionally during oh, our episode. Oh man, not occasionally during the whole effing thing. Like, so sweet, so sweet. All the Chinese food that you could ever have. So sweet. But Blake and I, as we were listening, going, "Oh my gosh, he's hungry, man." <laughs> what are you doing, bro? <laughs> he's eating. <laughs> you hear the clank of the plate? Like literally, you hear. <laughs> and, and like. <laughs> So Mary was eating eating the massive cinnamon roll that she cooked on Thanksgiving. And she just decided to take a big old bite as I hit record. As sing me a song. For some started. reason. Yep. And then she, <laughs> I don't know why. I never said that we were a professional podcast. Hey, you know why? Because it's Black Friday. And if you live in the United States of America, you know what you do on Black Friday? What's that? You either shop at CastleMassey.com and get probably 45% off your purchase with OutlanderCast BF at checkout code. The besties. Or you're eating leftovers. <laughs> you know what I'm doing? What are you doing? Both. <laughs> Shopping and eating. You're welcome. And she's still going to continue to eat. She's still eating. She, she, what are we doing? Rossin. <laughs> Just... Just Rawson, having hey, some fun with it. I'm your host, Mary Larson. And if you're my friend who was interviewed and you listened to this part, know we love you. Know that you are one of our oh, favorite. Oh, like we're not we're not bad mouthing you oh whatsoever. God. You're one of our favorite interviews of all time. It was great. It was a great interview. Just it happened to include you know what some it was? food consumption. It was human. It was human. Man was hungry. He had a whole full day of work. I'm hungry. Had a full day of work? I did. I worked at Craft Fair, and now we're going to talk about Outlander Cast. This is the listener feedback, and I feel like this is a little little unhinged, you know? Uh-huh. This is this is the kind of episode where you can do something like that. This is, this is the Black Friday episode. Mm-hmm. This is the episode after such a joyous occasion, like Finding Fraser's Ridge. Yes, that's right. So Guys, it deserves... You, you know what? I would be disappointed if you weren't eating I one of these I think you need to boys. press pause. Okay. You need to get a drink. You need to get yourself some leftover pie. If you live in a different country, if you're like in New Zealand and you're like, what in the world? Where am I going to find pumpkin pie? Find it. You'll find it. It's around somewhere. Find a cinnamon roll. Okay. Because that's what I'm eating. <laughs> and just down Drink with some us. wine maybe? Let's let's chat about this downright phenomenal episode. Okay. I'm going to grab another bite. <laughs> All right. So what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> Thank God this is a listener feedback episode. Thank God. Okay, before we get into the show, though, Blake. What's that, Mary? 
do a little bit of the, the thing that you wanted me to do. It's written in pink font, so you're expecting me to do it, but I just took a bite. I know, again. So before we get into the episode, we just want to make sure that you, <laughs> for some ungodly reason why you would want to do this, I have no idea, but for if if it if you so choose, we want to make sure that you actually follow us and you subscribe to our podcast, even though Mary's continuing to eat some more cinnamon roll. <laughs> You can find us just by searching. Oh, find us on, Just find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all with the title Outlandicast. And uh, also, if for some ungodly reason you want to do this too, you can actually become an official member of the Outlandicast clan by going to outlandicastclan.com where you can get all the great benefits like uh, our After Dark episodes that we record after every single, well, every single episode the, uh, for Outlander. And uh, also access to our special Outlander giveaways that we're doing, the high value you giveaways and a whole bunch of other stuff like free swag you can get holiday cards from us actually special gifts free swag all of it you can find everything right at outlandacastclan.com my darling i are you done eating your 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 uh, cinnamon roll can we continue the rest of the episode or are you just going to keep eating throughout the, the whole episode i don't even know man but i'm, I'm done with that bite <laughs> <laughs> let's go I'm just making up for the fact that Jamie and Claire did not eat all those strawberries. They didn't get on their hands and knees and say, my goodness gracious, we're so hungry, and eat them all up. I'm That's making right. up for that fact. All right, so here we go. We got some listener feedback from our website. Isabel Landry said, hi, guys. Isabel L. from here, New Brunswick, Canada. I've oh, been hey listening girl. to your podcast for a while now, and this is my first time commenting. Oh, all right. Hold on. Where's my, uh, where's my new listener sound? I don't know. Oh, here it is. This episode gets five kilts from Isabel. It is by far the best of this season, even though I really enjoyed the other one as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Her great was Claire's encounter with the ghost. Oh, not going to tell you that person's name. Okay, fair, spo- fair enough. You're spoiling Isabel. Well, actually, it's fine. Yes. It's just a name. A person's name. Yeah. A person's name named Ottertooth, for those of you who don't know. And you're going to be like, what does that mean? Just chill. Just chill, you non-book readers. Just chill. You'll be fine. <laughs> Ottertooth. That's right. Rawson, Ottertooth, you got this. <laughs> Listen to feedback. <laughs> that was fantastically scary and freaky. I think it's even better than in the book. I don't remember being scared like that while reading it. Speaking of which, thank God they didn't do all the details in the book for that scene. Can you imagine a man or ghost walking up to you in the middle of the night, totally naked? Mm, that would have been totally different kind of freaky. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Her bad. I wish we would have had a little bit more time with Brie and Roger in the previous episode that we could have seen their love flourish a little bit slower. We have to remember that they had, we had three seasons to witness Jamie and Claire's love, but we only had a few minutes at the end of season two and a few times in season three to know Brie and Roger. Mm-hmm. So we had to jump on the Brie and Roger train pretty fast. And when you think about it, the last time we saw them was at the end of episode 305. Wow. That was 11 episodes ago. I would have to have preferred seeing maybe one scene or two prior to this episode instead of a quick recap at the beginning of the show very via a conversation between Roger and Fiona just to find out what happened in the past few months. You know what, Isabel? Dang, girl. Yes. I don't yes. know. I'm not sure if I can get on board with that. What, that we've had 11 episodes without Brie and Roger's love? Oh, no, I can, get, I can definitely get on board with that. But I don't know if you could break up the first two episodes. Oh, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I, I don't know either. I'm just saying it is hard to be like, oh, we've, we've been flourishing our love the past while. Okay, all right, go But ahead. thank you, Fiona. Mm-hmm. Um, her great was Sophie and Richard, a.k.a. Brie and Roger. You can see that they studied their characters to really understand them. For the time they had on screen, they delivered a fantastic performance and gave me the same butterfly I had when I was reading the book. Aww. And that, to me, is important. Mm-hmm. So she hears a lot of complaints about Sophie, and she thinks that she has improved a lot this season. And she plays Brie quite like she's portrayed in the book, which is a little bit bratty. So I'm not sure why the book fans don't like her. Diana has said that Brie is one of the most complex characters she has ever written. And when you think about where she comes from, it's easier to understand. Brie was a daddy's girl who suddenly lost her father in a car accident when she was 18. Her mom was not really present growing up as she was too busy studying to be a surgeon and grieving from the loss of Jamie. Then she learned that the only father she knew isn't really her father, and her mom has been in love with someone else, a.k.a. Jamie, for the past 20 years, making her parents' marriage a joke. And Hmm. then, just when she finally started to connect with her mom, 
Claire left her to find Jamie leaving Bree to be essentially an orphan with no family that we know of and all that happened before she's 20. So in my opinion, a lot of people misunderstand her for a bratty girl instead of who she really is, a young woman who's trying desperately to figure out who she is and who has to cope with a lot at a very young age. This is why it's not a surprise we get scared well, she gets scared when Roger proposed. She has lost everyone she's cared for in the past two to three years and is scared to lose another. That is a reason she does not believe in marriage and she doesn't have a good example of a happy marriage, of course, because of Frank and Claire. So we can't really blame her for that either. Wow, that's good stuff right there. Yes. Good job, good good context Agreed. for that character. Uh, Ned chimes in and says, do you realize that this gathering in North Carolina, the ones attending the music festival, could actually be descendants of Fraser's Ridge. Jamie was offered that land grant, and once he's settled, he's going to have to recruit people to settle in those woods. So who would Jamie recruit? The men who were with him at Oddsmuir. Then why are they burning his stag? They're still liking him. They're like, <laughs> you, you know, I just, I, I don't deserve it, but what? I screwed it up. I screwed up the reading. That's what you get. I know. They're they're like still in America, but are done with their indentured servitude. So most of what Jamie and Claire's neighbors will be Scottish immigrants. That's why the Scottish Music Festival is in North Carolina, because of Fraser's Ridge. Now, I don't think it's because of Fraser's Ridge, but I'm on board with the idea of you saying that there are maybe descendants of Fraser's Ridge at this party. Fair. Would you would you get along? I would along I would get along with that. Well on Facebook, Caroline Thames said that she loved this episode. She's with me on the hitting of Raja. Oh, okay. But having said that, it shows that she is her mother and father's daughter through and through. Caroline is glad that we brought up the zippers. It's amazing how quickly people forget. It is uh, easy uh, people are to find fault. The relationship develops the magic, the mystery, all back in just one episode. Fabulous writing. And I just need to say, guys, holy zipper key. Seriously. I don't I know. I told you. Zi- uh, I almost said zipper. Twitter, like, collectively lost its mind over zippers. <sighs> I, don't, I don't even know what happened. I don't even know why. Like, it's not hard to make that logical jump that she took those boots from the 60s when she came back. Yes, they survived the storm. Yes, they did all that stuff. She's still wearing them. How how hard is that to accept? I I guess it was hard. I don't know. I don't know. Mandy Ho says, I loved it when Roger and Bree were fighting, apart from the slap, of course. I thought she came alive. But in the car, when she said, shut up and kiss me, uh, on another note, Mary... Claire, where's your on guard? I laughed so hard. Hashtag 1700 doTERRA. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Laura McCurdy Dunn says, Blake, you hit the nail on the head in regard to Sophie and her accent. I couldn't explain what was wrong with her accent, and you explained it perfectly. This year, it's much better, and she seems to be more relaxed in the role. I, I Thank you. Thank you for agreeing me. I, I Obviously, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about Maki Mark. It's all about the Maki Mark. <laughs> Sorry. I got you. Drinking Siggies and beer. <laughs> oh, Claire Jackie's says backy. that uh, Claire McCarthy says she's in Georgia and planted strawberries at her former house. Mm-hmm. I always got a second crop in the early fall. Oh. The strawberries were smaller and there weren't very many compared to early summer. Stunned me the first time. You know, I'll tell you what, you're talking to two people that have nothing even close to a green thumb. Nope. I actually had a strawberry plant. Get out of here. Remember my mom gave it to me for my birthday three years ago? Not at all. Remember and it sat on our front stoop and it was just a cute little plant and then every time a strawberry would even remotely come close to pink, the birds would eat it. <laughs> No. I don't remember this at all. It was like right after I had Felicity and I was like, or right before I had Felicity, I was pregnant with Felicity and I was like, man, I'm so pregnant. I wish I had a garden. I'd love to be like a gardening person. Is this when you wanted the chicken coop too? I wanted a chicken coop. I wanted to garden. <laughs> I was nine months pregnant and my mom was like, how about I give you this little hanging strawberry plant? How about you just try that, Farmer Mary? Oh my God. And I no couldn't way. even grow five dang strawberries. The dang birds ate them every time. What a disaster. So Claire- Good for you and your strawberries that come twice a year. I couldn't even grow five. 
Angela Hickey chimes in and says, Hey, Blake and Mary, so glad you loved the episode as I did. She, as she did, she gives it a 4.85 kilt because Diana says that the next three, episodes four through six, were actually her favorites. So she wanted to leave some space to go higher. But this was the best episode yet. She loved the camera work and the direction as well. Like you talked about the dissolve when Bree and Roger were driving on a similar road that Jamie and Claire were driving. Well, not driving, but riding their horse. It's even actually better than that. Break it on down. Roger and Bree are headed to what is now the Grandfather Mountain Games near the area where Fraser's Ridge, one of the oldest Highland games in the country, as a matter of fact, you can actually see the mountain that they are approaching in the yes. distance. And then Jamie and Claire on the exact same road. And if you listen right after the dissolve, John Quincy Myers is saying to them, you see that mountain over there in the fall? All the Scots in the area gather there to meet and trade goods. You will enjoy that. I am sure. John Quincy Myers was talking about the initial gathering there that after 200 years morphs into these yearly games that Brianna and Roger are attending. Very cool and very reminiscent of season one, episode one, when Frank was pointing out the historical things to Claire like, oh, hold on. How am I going to say it, Mary? Cocknam and Rock. <laughs> Stop. Cocknam and Rock and Castle Leoc and tells her the history. Then she remembers it when she goes back. And, Angela, the, you know, I have to... Absolutely fantastic. Not because you agree with me, but because you actually noticed the specific detail of that of that picture. And she's 100% right. She actually provides the picture on the Outlander Cast Clan Gathering in the comments for the episode that we put out in uh, for for uh, the false bride she actually she actually puts the picture up there and if the, one of the things that you notice too is that the camera is on the same exact eye level uh for both frames in the same exact angle so the horse i mean it, obviously on purpose of course yeah of course so yeah. we get smart people like uh angela and and, it. and it's great because it's even better because in this episode they're not holding your hand. They're not like, oh, hey, that's Cock, Nam, and Rock. And they're not like, they're not like having this um, flashback to it that for Claire as she's driving in the car or whatever, right? They're just trusting you, the viewer, to know that this is the same exact shot, this is the same exact angle, and they're trusting the viewer to know or and to listen to the characters to be like, oh my God, that's the same exact spot. So... As I've always said, one of the commandments of this show is show, don't tell. And that is a perfect example of show, don't tell. And Christy White says, the best part of the last podcast... Was what? It's when Blake says Roger's beard game's on fire. <laughs> and she spelt it B, as in like bzz, the buzzy B, B-odd, like beard <laughs> game is, instead of on, it's A-H-N, on, on fire. On fire. It's just, hey, his bid game is on fire. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and tell you about today's sponsor. You've heard a bit by now about Castle Masty's Centuries line, but in addition to everything you've heard, it also features two additional scents and triple milled soaps, Centuries Oatmeal and Honey. The one that it smells like Jamie. Yes. <laughs> as well as Century's Cucumber and Elderflower. That's so the, the one that smells like me. <laughs> the Oatmeal and Honey Bar, we could just call it porridge, is a rich lather with a warm scent. The honey works to moisturize naturally, while the oat kernels exfoliate gently. You like that oat kernels? I'm trying not to be you. No, all I can think of is Jamie who would moisturize naturally and would exfoliate with oat kernels. Guaranteed. Oh my gosh, she totally would. It leaves like, the skin fresh and restored. Jamie would leave your skin fresh and restored. That's probably what he said to the king of France after he told him, <laughs> you know, everything else. He was like, and by the way, you want to know what else you could do? You could exfoliate. <laughs> Leaving the skin fresh and restored. The cucumber bar, too, lathers beautifully. Just like me. But the cucumber and elderflower work to cool, soothe, and soften your skin to help you look alive and absolutely glowing. Absolutely me. Truly. So, as you can see, there's a lot of versatility in the Centuries line. All Century soaps come in singles, three packs, and 12 packs, year of soaps. 
the Year of Soap collection works wonderfully as holiday gifts. So you can give them in single scents or in variety collections. So you can cater to the people on your list perfectly and they'll love you for it. They're made to provide a year's worth of amazing showers, but you might find these uh, that you give the Year of Soaps to, make more, to, to take more frequent showers. Like me. Once they try out their soaps. <laughs> They're, of course, marked down for Black Friday. Make sure you pick them up this weekend at castlemassey.com. Don't forget the additional 20% off your Black Friday purchase. Use the code OutlanderCastBF, like best friend, or Black Friday at checkout. This is going on the entire weekend. I know we're talking about Black Friday, but we'll, we'll be straight with you. Sure, it's the weekend. You can do this the whole weekend. Again, that's castlemassey.com. Choose the code OutlanderCastBF for an additional 25, uh, 20% off your Black Friday deals. There is a little note here, a little asterisk, and they wanted me to say that it does not include wooden teeth. Just, just so we're clear. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> we can't so get 45 percent off wooden teeth. All right, so now we got the emails. This one comes from Kristen. She says, "Well, for the first time as a non-book reader, I felt at a disadvantage watching this episode." The elements of Jamie and Claire's story at times felt as if I was missing something. Just a couple of examples were this big burly man who's hanging out with Ian. And why do we care so much about strawberries, for heaven's sake? I also felt that Auntie Jocasta was massively undershown. It felt as if she was going to be a major character. And now we actually have to say goodbye. And then I went online to read some reactions and I saw that book readers loved this episode. Five kilts all over the place. The donkey even has a name. The strawberries seem to be incredibly significant. Yes. And maybe yes. Auntie Jocasta reappears? Question mark. I completely understand that the show must please book readers, but this episode, for the first time to me, seemed to sideline just show watchers. Blake, how did you feel about this as a show watcher? Uh, Kristen, my take on this episode was one where I feel like they gave a brief explanation for certain things. Like we even we even have Claire and Jamie giving having a, a, a little talk about the strawberries and how it's the the symbol of the of Clan Fraser and whatever. And even Auntie Jocasta, Auntie feels like felt like a character to me who was going to reappear. And that's a little bit of like casting knowledge because Maria Doyle Kennedy is a, a fantastic actress. Mm-hmm. They're not just going to waste her for an episode and uh, not even a half, an episode and, and a quarter, right? So, like, just because you know that actress, yeah, you know she's probably coming back, and you know she's going to have a larger role to play. Interesting. Um, but the way that I felt about it was, let's just say, even for the sake of argument, that she didn't come back. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay. I'm okay with you know seeing her, experiencing River Run, and, and moving on. Do I think that it was a little bit of a weird detour to take? Um, in the, in the second episode of Outlander season four, if she wasn't going to come back, yeah, it'd be a little bit of a weird detour. So, I think you just kind of naturally have to have to pass it out for yourself as a viewer. That they're not going to just send us running off here to uh, River Run for no particular reason. Um, the only time that I ever felt like Outlander did that, where it just sent you down a rabbit hole for the sake of sending you down a rabbit hole, was that time with the Bonnie Prince and he showed up at the uh, the little French girl's window, <laughs> and all of a sudden they were dating, and you were like, "Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. what are we doing here? Like that was." This is ridiculous. Like, she, of course, she, he's dating her, and uh, I don't know. I just, I thought that was the only time that the show was ever kind of disingenuous about where it was, where it was leading you. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the other stuff with John Quincy Myers, I mean, he was introduced in season in in episode two, um, and it was a it was a neat little introduction. I would say that, um, you know, yeah, he's like a big burly dude, and he kind of shows up and whatever. But I feel like he's going to be hanging out with them more often, giving us a little bit more insight into the natural surroundings and the, the native peoples. And to be honest, that's what Claire and Jamie need. They need that. And because of that, I think he's going to play a significant role in what we're seeing and what we're doing. So you again, you kind of have to pass that out yourself as a viewer. Um, and and as, I, as I just said about Angela's comment, 
I like that this episode didn't hold your hand. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't hold your hand. It, 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 I mean, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't Westworld, you know, and it wasn't The Leftovers. You know, you're not sitting there going, wait, what the hell are we doing? But it, it, it trusted you to just kind of take in the scenery and disseminate which characters are important and move on with that going from there. So I, I think it's totally reasonable. From Dina, she said, Hello to Blake and Mary and their staff at Mary and Blake Media and fellow Outlander Cast podcast listeners. Hello. I know all of you were just as excited as I was when the new season began. I'm hoping this won't offend anybody. However, I would like to step over into territory usually reserved for Blake and instead propose my own outlandish fan theory. Oh, of the week. I always welcome this. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hold, wait you know, let's, let's make this one official. All right. Dina has two parts. She says, here we go. Here it goes. In the season four trailer, about a third of the way through, Claire makes a discovery of a skull with a silver tooth remarking, silver isn't invented for... An- oh, wait. Why'd she become Southern? She became Southern. <laughs> S- hold on. No, hold on. Silver isn't invented for another hundred years. That got me thinking. Who else in the pantheon of Outlander characters could also be a time traveler? Okay. We already knew about Claire and Galus. Yes, so here is Dina's second point. Okay. To answer that question, we would have to mentally try Travel back in time to season two. In season two, we had the introduction of Master Raymond and Le Comte de Saint-Germain. If you remember, was that even like close to sounding French? <laughs> Am I still from the South? You know what? Just for the sake of posterity. Do I just need to take another bite of my cinnamon roll? I think we're just going to have to do this. Ross it up. I'm just gonna, we're going to Ross. Or I'm going to let you chew for a second. Just Ross it up, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to class this joint up. <laughs> You know what? I'm not going to save you. Blake. I'm, I'm, that's what you get. That was a cinnamon roll. That was a little little dense. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> that's master- <what> she said. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, if you'll both remember, both of those characters, Master Raymond. Hold on. Oui, oui. Oh, les poissons. Master Raymond. And... This this episode is totally derailed. We'll both remember both of those characters promised separately and for their own reasons that they would see Claire again. Twice in season two, Master Raymond promised Claire, Cher, vive me again. Similarly, Le Comte de Saint-Germain. Okay, did that was that better? Sure, why not? Whatever. Okay, I'm, go ahead. I stink at French. Let's be real. Promise the same thing. First, when she caused his shop to be burned, and again when he succumbed to his own poison in the palace of Saint of Saint of King Louis the Ninth. Who's the ninth? King Louis. <laughs> That's the fifteenth. <laughs> the fifteenth. The fifteenth. The ninth. <laughs> That's what that means. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There were so many King Louis. There's even more Louis after that. Stop it. Yep. Come up with a new name, French people. No. Okay. Anyway, Dina says she doesn't even know about any of us, but something about his death seems somewhat fake to her. Mm. Either that or it was very poorly acted death scene. What do you think? Do any of you think that they're Master Raymond or Le Comte de Saint-Germain will be another time traveler? Wait, why are you doing Master Raymond and then Le Comte Saint-Germain? Like, wait, it's Master Raymond. Master Raymond or Le Comte de saint <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the French always have a pulse in between their words. <laughs> even Froges. And they don't even open their mouths when they talk? No, it's like they have duck face. Constant duck face? I wonder how the French say duck. Oh my God. We they are, eat it. We are absolutely offending a lot of people right now. Why? <laughs> Uh, I don't mean to be guys listen y'all know our accents are whack oh we're we're wicked messed up I mean listen if there's one if there's two people on this planet that can actually talk about accents it's us okay because we our accents are crazy this one comes from the outlandercastclan.com our fantastic community over at that over at that site she's and barbara says blake i agree with your theory that the time travelers have a connection with one another season two claire had the connection with master raymond who is thought to be a time traveler in season three as you said 20th century claire seemed to know more about the skull backstory than would anyone have expected and now this episode, Finding the Skull While Lost, the ghost, the boot prints leading J and C back to each other. I love this about yes. the Outlander series. Yes. And this is one of the things I feel like 
has gone way, way, way undervalued and way, way underserved when it comes to Outlander. It's this weird stuff. The weird stuff that like makes this world different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you want to if you want to go back and you want to watch a show about the Revolutionary War, go put on John Adams. You know, you want to watch a show about the American colonies, go put on Turn on AMC. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's all accessible. You know, it's all very good. Turn was good. John Adams was very good. But it's this stuff. It's the boots. It's yeah. it's this it's apparently seeing a guy named Autotooth apparently, uh, and with his with his scalp. You know it. It's the, the scalp. It's the lightning striking and Claire being like, "Oh my god!" and seeing stuff. Guy guys coming in in and out of frame and the boots being let off and leading it back to Jamie and it just happens to be where Fraser's Ridge is. It's like it and 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 think about that even further, right? If Claire can see ghosts and she can see things that are otherworldly like mm-hmm. notice like knowing that Galus's um you know bones were Galus well not necessarily Galus's but that she was beheaded and she could she could feel it and sense it and touch it and then seeing this the the ghost of the of the Indian dude and relating that back to season 1 episode 1 with what is apparently ghost Jamie looking at Claire. All the ghosts. Right? So there's a there's a huge and interesting connection between all of this, and it all revolves around Claire and her ability to see things that are otherworldly, which again makes this show and makes this story different from everybody else and far more interesting. So I I am I am in. I'm in mm-hmm. on this. I, I think uh, I think they did the right thing by getting us back to that, and not instead of focusing on like we're gonna stop the Jacobite rebellion, guys, you know, like or uh, we're on the wrong side of history again. Like, just let's get back to some of the weird stuff, some of the weird stuff that that makes us all a little, you know, a little mm-hmm. crazy about about uh, Outlander. All right, we got some uh, voicemails, my darling. Are you ready to get you into bet. those voicemails? All right, here we go. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Susan from Orlando. Long time, first time. I'm calling about episode 403, False Bride. And I wanted to touch on something that Blake uh, talked about in the last, I think it was the listener feedback episode, uh, talking about the writing and how it's just not up to the same standard it had in season one. And I've been feeling that for a while, and I particularly felt that in this episode. I thought a lot of the dialogue was kind of heavy-handed and clunky. Um, The scene with Roger and Fiona and her fiancé was like, total exposition dump, very little subtlety there. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene with Jamie and Ian and some of the Jocasta scenes, just just not very well done. I feel like, what do you call them, Jags? Uh, That's right. Just another guy, whatever that was about the writers, I, I agree. Um, having said that, I thought the plotting was well done. Book readers will know that there were a lot of things in this episode that were moved around, um, uh, moved from other parts of the book and into this episode, and I thought they handled that well. I'll be interested to see what uh, Blake says about that as a non-book reader. Um, so I'm going to give this episode four kilts. Uh, I love the scenery. I thought the performances were great. I really love Roger's song. Um, but the writing, eh. Uh, I did want to mention um, Claire's boots, her zipper boots. Anyone else think that was a little weird? Is she still wearing the same boots she came back in time in? And has anyone else noticed? Um, again, whatever. Uh, four kilts. Thanks very much. Bye. Well, Susan, thank you very much for calling in. You know, I don't think it's weird that she still has the same boots, and I'll tell you why. Because at the time, and uh, and and Terry has said this, and she said that people at the time just didn't get a lot of new clothes, and they kept the certain things that were well made, and they used them over and over and over again throughout all of the time. So, and they, even looking back to Claire's dresses that she wore in season three, they were related to the, they were the same dresses that she wore, you know, 20 some odd years ago back in season two, right? Mm-hmm. So, w- with that said, I, I don't find it all that that odd that she has those boots still. And again, I, I can't believe that people are <laughs> concerned about the zip of boots. I'm not going to lie, guys. 
if you knew how long I've had some of my boots. Oh, geez, yeah. Twitter, it's, I, I better not say anything. Twitter's going to blow up <laughs> on Twitter's Black Friday. freak out. Not hashtag Black Friday. No. It's going to be hashtag Mary's boots. <laughs> and, you know, I think the, I think you're right, though, Susan. The, I think the plotting is good. The, the, the dialogue... Um, it isn't. I, I've always felt that Outlander has been on the nose. Uh, it's not on the nose as much as a show like This Is Us, the other show that we're doing a podcast about. Uh, shameless plug: This Is Us too on on iTunes or any podcatcher you can find. Um, it's not as on the nose as that show. But I, when you look at, if you look at the scale, right on on the left side of the crazy, like you have to look into it, and every single word has meaning. That's the leftovers, right? Mm-hmm. On the right side, you have This Is Us, which is extremely on the nose. They, they're they pretty much holding your hand throughout the entire show. And I would say that Outlander is center leaning towards This Is Us. That being said, I you know, I was okay with the dialogue. I will admit, though, that the writing, in my opinion, has not been as good since season one would you agree with that my darling um or or would you even say this i would say that the writing for the first half of season three was spectacular it really was Mm -hmm. but that was at the hands of people like ron moore and ann kenny uh tony graffia those were all writers from season one i find i found the writing in season one far more consistent would you agree or would you disagree ready ready for my i think the writing felt better in season one because there were more episodes. They got to take their time and not rush. Okay. And so right now we have so few episodes and they're like, um, excuse me, these books are bigger mm-hmm. and we have to do this in less episodes. This is going to get a little wonky. Bam! Like that. A I would wholeheartedly agree with you, my darling. Yep. I think you're, I think you're onto something there. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Kelty calling all the way from Western Canada, where I have to wait until 11 o'clock Sunday night to watch the episode oh, one time with all the commercials, what? no recording, and just try to remember it all in one viewing. Wow. It's also my first time calling in and the first season I get to listen to you guys as the episodes come out. All I right. love your podcast. <laughs> and it teaches me so much more about the show and I pick up on things I never would have before. Um, my good for this week is all the little teasing moments between Jamie and Claire when they're just hanging out and being like a real couple and you can tell they know each other and they have a history and they can just be together. It's not always crazy romance or crazy danger. Um, My bad for this week is at the calling of the clans when all the little American clan leaders are giving their cries for their clan and it just came out a little sad and flat and didn't quite (laughs) have the same impact as Rogers did, a real Scottish Collingwood. (laughs) Um, my great for this week is Roger and Brianna's fight because I love Roger and Brianna and I have been waiting not so patiently for them to come back into the show. And I love that they went through all the arguments and emotions and I feel like neither one of them really got their point across, but that's just where it got left and that's how real arguments go. So I can't wait to see where they go. Can't wait to hear what you guys thought of the episode and talk to you next week. Well, thank you, Kelty. I really appreciate it. Coming from Canada. Yeah. Hey, girl. Way to be. Uh, hey, hey, you know, I, I'm not as as much on the Roger Bree train, I think, as you are. And I don't think I'm as much on the Roger Bree train as Mary because we all know, we all know Mary's intense love of Roger. Would, would I be fair in saying that? Yes. Would I, would, because you know what, you, you know what you, what you heard. You know what you heard when you saw Roger. You know you know what it was? What? And I will yes. Possibly. That that's exactly Probably. what you heard. Come on. Positively. You know. <laughs> Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Kathy from Cleveland. Mary, I'm so glad to hear you sounding and feeling better. Oh, thanks. Well, this week is what I've been waiting for. I'm giving it a big old four point nine kilts. My good? the editing. Sometimes episodes seem choppy and disjointed when they go back and forth in time, but this time they got it right. I love seeing Roger and Bree driving down the road, fading into Jamie and Claire on the trail on their horses. Well done. My bad? Ay, ay, ay. That line, 
this will be our home now, and we'll call it Fraser's Ridge, <laughs> delivered in front of the worst CGI landscape in Outlander history. It was so laden with schmaltz that I'm going to need a bathe in lye soap to get it all off. <laughs> and as everyone who has ever watched the Olympics knows, it's an automatic .1 deduction if you don't stick the landing. So no five kilts for you. My great, I am all in on Team Roger. Between the knee porn, the singing... <laughs> The beard that I just want to reach through the screen and run my fingers through, Ooh. and his perfectly portrayed heartbreak, I had all the feels. Yes. Someone needs to send that poor man a canvas tote full of golden retriever puppies from L.L. Bean to cheer him up. <laughs> Honorable mention goes to Fiona for employing Claire's time-tested technique of guzzling the champagne right out of the bottle. Yes. Hashtag Sassanac wasted. Yes. Oh. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Oh, Catherine! You again, first ballot Hall of Fame. You, when we when we have the votes coming up real soon, I, I guarantee you're going to be first ballot Hall of Fame. <laughs> and you know, I love Catherine again. Coming from a guy with a with a with a really bad accent, the way that you deliver your lines with your like Midwestern Cleveland kind of whole accent mm-hmm. is it's just it's freaking awesome, dude. Keep calling in. I I thank you. Agreed. <laughs> Send him a bag of puppies. Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Cheryl from Quincy, Mass. Hey, girl. Um, I give this episode a kilt rating of a 4.7 because I thought it was wicked good. Yeah. Uh, My good is uh, gave me all the feels, the creepy feels, and that is uh, Claire watching Otter Tooth um, walking towards her in the woods. Wicked creepy. I did not, I was, I was just creeped out, man. Uh, My bad is, um, the way that they sort of contrived to have Claire in the woods by herself, it felt very plot-driven um, as opposed to how it was portrayed in the book where it was way, you know, she was in the woods by herself legitimately. Um, so I didn't really like how the show just, like, came up with this reason. Um, and my great is um, really all the Roger and Bree moments, um, all the feels, all the good feels. Uh, I may be getting a little crush on uh, Roger Mack myself, um, just really loved how they were, uh, a young couple just like trying to figure things out. And then when things don't go their way, you know, like stuff happens, man, it's real life. So, um, keep up the, the wonderful work of your podcast. Love listening to it. And, uh, till next time. Oh, by the way, I'm a first time caller. Yay! Thanks. Bye. All right. Now we're talking Turkey. There we go. That's the first time sound. That's the new listener sound. Bank another one, baby. And you know what? Coming from Quincy, Mass. That that's 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 my area. That's right. That's that's my area. So you know, just for you. Bam! Just like that, a winner. All right. Yeah, we got one more uh, listener feedback okay. voicemail here, and I just wanted to remind everybody that all of these people actually called on Speakpipe. So that means all of you are actually listening to me Yay! because. Thank you very much. This, Thank you. This is our preferred method for voicemails. They all sound fantastic. Because they all sound pissa. They all sound wicked pissa. Those of you who don't know, that means good. You know who does know about that? Cheryl Murphy. True. She knows She knows what that means. Yes, she does. Wicked good guy. Um, yeah, they, they're calling on SpeakPipe, and that it, you can actually find it right on outlandercast.com. There's a button for it. Just go to the, the top part where it says engage, and then you'll see a, a drop down where it says call us. Just hit that call us button, and then you'll see the speak pipe speak pipe button, and it will just send a legitimate recording either from your smartphone or from your computer, whatever. And the, the microphone whatever. the microphone just sounds great. So let's get to the last one. Here it is. Hi, it's Julie in Bend, Oregon. I just wanted to comment on Roger's behavior and false bride. I know that that all happened in the book, but in the context of the show, his outburst and his cruelty toward Bree seemed so out of character. He's been consistently so sweet, supportive, and totally evolved, and I never thought I would think... What a jerk about our, our friend Roger. So anyway, I watched it again, and suddenly I thought, wait, he reminds me of someone. Oh, yeah, Dougal, <laughs> and even Galus. Biology is destiny. <laughs> and hearkening back, to, it harkened back to that scene when Frank went off on that guy in the alley, nearly killing him, reminding us all of Black Jack Randall. So because of that... I feel better. The scene makes more sense. Love you guys. 
especially how freaking hilarious you are. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Julie. We appreciate the uh, the phone call. And uh, yeah, it, you know, you make a, a very salient point there. I mean, th- I mean, it is what it is. DNA is DNA. And that, that Dino DNA. Dino DNA. Oh, wait, where is it? Hold on. I got I, I have it here somewhere. Where's my Jurassic Park sound? Welcome to Jurassic Park. I love that drop. That drop is phenomenal. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, there, there's validity to the, to the whole DNA thing, especially when you talk about it in light of the, um, the, the callback between Frank and Blackjack Randall. And they did that very purposely. And I'm not sure if this was as much of a, a, a conscious choice by the writers, mm-hmm. but for those who are, you know, your outlander nerds out there, um, like us, and we're, we're all nerds about this stuff. It's okay to call back to that stuff because you already know these characters. And that shows you how beautiful that this tapestry is that these writers uh, and, and the showrunners have have weaved for these characters, right? Without even recognizing it, without even like fully making a callback to it, we as viewers can call back. It can recall our memory mm-hmm. for where Roger comes from. And we can say, yeah, he is absolutely, that is absolutely Dougal. That is absolutely Galus coming through. It may not be a, a fully conscious choice on the writer's part, but because they weaved this tapestry, it's there, and it's there for us to recall and say, wow, that's really cool. Would you agree? Yeah. I totally agree as well. So if you did want to call us on the hotline, you are more than welcome to. We did get a, a voicemail here, but it was actually all, all garbled up. Uh, we've been having bad luck with the with the hotline uh, for some of the voicemails, unfortunately. But if you did want to call in, you're more than welcome to. The number is 503-454-6730. And you can call in at any time. It's just going to ring. It's going to go straight to voicemail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we'll have that, hopefully, for the next listener feedback but do trust me the speak pipe app is the absolute way to go so we wanted to talk to you two guys about the giveaways that we've been having yes we are our next two giveaways uh are coming to a close on next tuesday can you handle it no i cannot so the first giveaway we wanted to remind you was the uh centuries i don't know how to pronounce this eau de toilette I just call it EDT. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I clearly am not sophisticated or classy enough uh, for that. But the EDT sampler, uh, it comes with four bottles, all 15 milliliters. It's the almond, the sandalwood, the verbena, and the lavender, all for $60. It's a $60 value, and we're giving it away at OutlanderCastClan.com. Okay? So go to OutlanderCastClan.com for the higher value giveaway the next giveaway that we have is actually the centuries lavender gift set which includes one bottle the 15 milliliter of lavender the lavender bar soap and the lavender lotion so we all know how important lavender is to all of us outlander nerds uh it's 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 really great and some really great memories of lavender, I imagine. Uh, and this one you can find at OutlanderCastClanGiveaway.com. Again, OutlanderCastClanGiveaway.com. And it, the total value for it is actually forty nine ninety five. These are two fantastic giveaways. Truly. Now remember, you have until Tuesday to get your uh, entries in uh, for these two giveaways. So get there as fast as you can. And uh, and set it all up, my darling. Do you got anything else for this episode that you want to say? I just can't wait until Sunday. Yeah, me too. And by Sunday, I mean tomorrow night at midnight. <laughs> I will be sleeping. Yes, you will. Because you're you're gonna be part of your midnight madness crew. Is that was that what it's called? Your, your face. Your, midnight your, maniacs. Midnight maniacs. That's what it is. <laughs> the midnight man. It's a it's a personal thread that Mary has with some of our staff members that. Um, they're that, maniacs. That, that are maniacs. What can I say? Absolutely. Maybe we should, you know, maybe that should be a patron thing at <laughs> Outlander Cast Clan. Like we should set up a, a, like a, a Facebook thread for those patrons who are watching it at midnight. Listen. That might be fun. Let's have a, let's have a listener vote on that. Maybe. You never know. Are you, are you just going to keep eating? Yep. <laughs> you're talking a lot. I'm not talking a lot. I'm, I'm talking because you're eating. We've been talking this whole past five minutes. Oh, the cinnamon roll's so good. All right, all right. Let's close this bad boy. <laughs> <laughs>
hope those of you who celebrate Thanksgiving had a most wonderful Thanksgiving. Those of you outside the country, we just hope that you have been thankful for life, for breathing air. Sure, why? Just, just you know living. What? We're thankful for you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. One of the ways that you can let other people who love Outlander know about it is just to share. Mm-hmm. Sharing is caring. So whether that's a post on your Facebook feed, maybe you tell people in your local Outlander group. You know, like we have a Rhode Island Sassanox group. Yep. Our little state has a Rhode Island Sassanox group. And to be able to share in those little groups, hey guys, I listen to this Outlander podcast. They're maybe, pretty good. Maybe you don't share this one. Maybe yeah. you wait a little don't, don't share the ones where we're eating during it. <laughs> <laughs> but you get the point. Another thing you could do is you could screenshot your phone and put this in your Instagram or Facebook story. It's just another great way for people to know about the podcast. So Blake earlier mentioned our patrons. We want to, of course, thank all of our patrons at the Outlandercast at outlandercastclan.com. You guys truly help make this show and the website outlandercast.com possible. We especially want to thank our associate producers, Carolyn, Celine, Diane, Heather, Jennifer, Lauren, Linda, Marilyn, Mary, Michelle, Patricia, as well as our co-producers, Barbara, Carolyn, Christina, Dana, Dieta, Janet, Keelan, Lisa, Liz, Marianne, Meredith, Raynal, Sharon, Sue, Tara, Tina, and Tracy, and last but not least, our executive producers, Anne, Bobby, Jen, Martha, Peg, Anne, Sarah, and Shannon. Thank you, guys. So if you want to be a part of what these guys here, if you want us to name you off at the end of our credits, you absolutely can get that done. Just join us at OutlanderCastClan.com, and you'll see all the rewards that are there, all the really cool stuff that we offer. You know, just as a little bit of an extra, these podcasts will always be free. But if you want a little bit extra for Mary and Blake, or for Mary and I, rather, and you want <laughs> the funny thing is I'm not even reading that's that's the real question I, I said Mary You're and creepy. Blake unlike just uncalled for <laughs> uh, I don't know why but if you do want a little bit of extra from from Mary and I and you do want to engage in a, in a very special community where we have all these extra special things like the after dark episodes and, and the, the, the higher value giveaways and and the special gifts and holiday cards and discounts on Mary, minute with Mary products just go to outlandercastclan.com and become a supporter over there. You will be very happy that you did so. Huge shout out to AC Stanchell on Cell on iTunes said find, uh, new find good stuff I found this podcast after wanting something that's not as formal as the official podcast for Outlander. Thank you. And not really diving deep. So these guys keep it light but also insightful and exciting. They do a good job recapping, hinting at the books without spoiling but also making it great for non-book readers. AC Stansell says that this person is only on Voyager. Starting with the theme song gives me the goosebumps every time I hear it. Your accent, Blake, gives AC Stansell a cherry on the Sunday for me. That's a wicked good accent, guy. <laughs> this person says, I'm from Ohio and not often exposed to a heavy accent. So hearing your Boston accent come out, this person says mine peeks out occasionally. When you get excited or passionate, <laughs> it's funny and it makes it more real. Thank I you. listen to the season. Um, Anyway, talking about season four, I'm, I'm talking way too much, but thank you for taking the time to write. <laughs> Guys, guess what? The holiday season's here. It's my favorite time of year. I'm so excited. Smiling's my favorite. Smiling is my favorite. What's your favorite color? Like, let's just think of every elf line that there possibly is. <laughs> I could pretty much do the whole movie, but people don't need to hear Santa! that. Santa! What they do need to do is go to bed. I know Gear him. up. For the fourth episode of season four of Outlander. So, yes. guys, hang on tight, spider monkeys. It's coming for you. It's going to be a good one. Diana. See it out loud. That's right. Diana herself has come out and said the next three episodes are her favorite of this season. Okay. Okay. So, if we thought that was good, I can't wait. I, I can't wait. This is setting us up. This, you know, I'm just saying. It, I'm going to have to make a new cinnamon roll. <laughs> All right, guys. My name's Mary. My name's Blake. And you've been listening to Outlander Cast. <laughs>